It is Friday, May 12th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today presented to you by MLB Nine Innings. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. Speaking of Plouffe and Dan, if you did not watch Blitzball Battle 3 from yesterday, go tune into the warehouse. It was probably the best game that we've ever had. Team Como, Team Forgotten Rotten. We don't want to talk about it till Monday's show. We want everybody to have a chance to watch it, but please do yourself a favor. The biggest it. challenge that Forgotten Rotten's faced in the warehouse. Um, chat was popping. We had 3,000 people Woo! watching it live yesterday. I was all up in it. Uh, it was a good time, man. That's uh, It was. Uh, that, that The warehouse, I'm telling you, that's going to take off. It's just too good. It's so much fun, and it is so well edited, and it's just a blast. And don't forget, I know Mother's Day is Sunday, but take a little time out at 6 o'clock Eastern to watch our next installment of Blitzball Battle 3. In the meantime, today's episode is presented to you by MLB 9 Innings, which has a wide variety of game modes from league mode, where users play through an entire season, to live play-by-play. They have over 2,000 player cards to collect and use on your dream roster, which is the most up-to-date roster around along with the most up-to-date team logos, ballparks, and uniforms. And this year, they have introduced new historic Hall of Famers to the MLB 9 Innings roster, the likes of Larry Walker, Walter Johnson, Hank Aaron, Michael Jack Schmidt, and Trevor Hoffman. So go download and play MLB 9 Innings 23 today with the link in the description. And coming up at the end of this show, we will unveil our MLB 9 Innings question of the week. It is a very good one. We appreciate all those of you who sent a question in. But today, the question that we start with is, can the Padres bounce back? Last weekend, they lost two or three at home to the L.A. Dodgers. This weekend, they travel up the five freeway to Los Angeles. Uh, Padres just sitting at 19 and 19 after blowing a lead yesterday in Plouffe's old stomping grounds up there in Minnesota. eh? Their skipper, not real happy time to quit just talking about it it's time to go out there and do it so another frustrating game for us underperformed it's got to fight a little harder and expect a little bit more of ourselves all of us myself included so we have not done that to this point these stretches happen but it's it's going on too long we got to break through here at some point don't think there's enough enough tenacity throughout the course of the game we show signs of it we show spurts of it we come out like we should, and then we don't sustain it for the entire game. That's the problem. First of all, I want to thank Talking Friars out there who edited the two-and-a-half-minute clip down to that, like, 33-second, which was perfect and encapsulated what Bomel was talking about. Can you turn up the tenacity when it comes to baseball? I understand it with football. I understand it with defensive intensity in basketball. Doesn't trying harder seem counterproductive in baseball? It's, it's just interesting because I know that during the course of a year, a manager is going to have so many different feelings about his ball club. And Bob Melvin, you know, is a great manager and a great communicator. And I think what's going on is like, think about being in his shoes every single day. You got to get in front of the reporters and talk about the games and it gets monotonous. And, you know, you might say some things one day and you're like, oh, I don't really know if I actually believe that this might be one of those things, to be honest with you, because throughout the year, I guarantee he's probably said at some point or will say at some point, hey, guys, let's calm it down. Let's just be ourselves. Let's just play ball, which is the exact opposite of what he just said. So 
You know, I, I think it's more just like he's just answering questions and that just came to his mind. I think the ball club will be all right. I watched the series over the weekend with the Twins. I know they're not where they want to be uh, in the standings and stuff like that, but they're they're too good of a ball club. They will get it going. As far as tenacity, like I don't see people like dogging balls or anything like that. Like, so I, I don't know if it's just like they gave up a lead there. Uh, Honeywell came in and gave it up and they saw the twins kind of fired up. He's like, I want my team to look like that. I want to be the one that's come back. I, I don't want to give up uh, these, these leads. And I know they've been pretty poor in extra inning games. And is that what he's talking about? I don't know. To me, the best way to go about a baseball season is to try to be as even keeled as possible throughout mm-hmm. the whole dang thing. So again, I think this is just something that was on his mind. It might've just been a recency bias type thing for him. Like, Hey, like I liked watching what the twins just did. I wish we could do that a little bit more in these close games. Uh, but as far as like raising your tenacity level, I mean, these guys are going out there every day, giving it what they got. So I, I, I don't really agree with Bob here, although I know what he's trying to say. They have the best top four of a lineup in the league. And to me, it's really not even close. Uh, right? Tatis. Machado, Machado. Has, well, Machado hasn't even got going yet. So, like, right. things are going to get Well, better. I think this is this is the point, is that I think he was probably saying, all right, boys, fucking kick it into gear. Let's go. You know, we spent almost a billion dollars in the offseason to put this product on the field. And 81 and 81 ain't going to cut it because that's the pace we're on through almost a quarter of the season. So let's just pick it up. And I think he was trying to fire his troops up and send a message through the media because we're playing in L.A., the team which we were one out away from taking a series against and Mookie Betts hits the home run that sends it to extras and the Dodgers end up winning on Sunday Night Baseball last week. To me, part of the interesting sidebar will be this is really the first tough venue Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to be heading into and we remember last year with the fake syringe and all that sort of stuff how ugly is it going to get for him real quickly in in I think there's going to be a raining of booze coming down I was there last year when Carlos Correa came into town with the twins and it was very loud it was the loudest I've ever heard anyone get booed in a stadium before like like legitimately they were booing Correa and I know there's history there with the Astros and the Dodgers and all that but I think because Tatis you know he puts himself out there like he's the guy that's always having fun dancing and when you do that some people uh, you know uh when they get a chance to to put you down I don't know what it is about people but they like to do that so I think uh we're going to see Dodgers fans boo louder than they did Correa, louder than they've ever booed before when Tatis comes. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, the wrong thing to do, whatever you do, whatever you want, but we're going to hear it. I I hope they don't throw anything on the field, but yeah, they're going to be ready. They're going to be ready. And also some of the Dodger fans are going to want to make up for it after the Kershaw crying meme, which I did talk to Matt Carpenter about during our chat. And you can hear you did ask me about that. I asked you to ask him. Okay. Curious. I'm curious. Yeah. He, he definitely gave an answer about it. You'll hear that on Monday's episode of the Rose Rotation. Um, by the way, Tatis, although he's been pretty good, I think he's hitting 280 with five bombs. One area where he hasn't been as good, his on-base percentage is very low. Uh, that's in part because he's only walked four times so far in 18 games. Well, So he's hitting the ball just fine. Maybe he's not seeing it great. Just something to keep your eye on. All right, let's move a little quicker on these uh, middle few topics. 
20-year-old Yuri Perez makes his major league debut tonight for the Marlins against the Cincinnati Reds. He will be the youngest starting pitcher to do so since then 19-year-old Julio Urias of the Dodgers made his debut in 2016. Marlins, believe it or not, they're in second place in the NL East. And now that their prize prospect has arrived safely, will they surprise us and perhaps be a wild card contender? I sure hope so. I've been hoping for this for a while with the pitching that they have. You just don't have, you know, that type of starting pitching for that long. Now I know Pablo Lopez is gone. They traded for some offense. They needed to do that. Luis Arise has been everything they've asked for. Sixto Sanchez, not he's injured. He ain't going to be there right now. But you still have Sandy, who hasn't really looked like himself uh, this nope. year. He's had a couple of tough starts. Uh, Lazardo's throwing the ball well. If you add in Perez, who like I think is going to be really good. I mean, if you just look at his. Body of work in the minor leagues and his arsenal. I mean, six eight, those a hundred, nasty change of good off speed to to back that up as well. Um, you know, for me, it's still going to be the offense, and you're going to talk about that, I'm sure. Uh, Jazz Chisholm hasn't been get, getting it going. Jorge, Jorge Soler has actually been a good, uh, been doing a good job. Jesus Sanchez has been doing a good job. It's it's are they going to score enough runs to support these guys? Um, I I I hope they just put themselves in a position, Chris. It come June, end of June, July, that they can go make another move offensively. I think that's going to be the test for them. Can we sustain this success or be in the hunt enough where we force the hand of our front office? So last year, I think the Phillies got in as the sixth seed with something like 87 wins right around that number. So if this team finishes at 500, does that mean they're in wild card contention? I suppose you could, you know, it might be semantics at that point. Are they ever really pushing for that number? They could be within five games of a wild card. Do you believe that that team's a true contender? If you say yes, then I will. Then I'll agree with you. That I think they can hang around that sort of number. This offense blows, dude. It mm. stinks. Outside of Arise and Solaire, <laughs> fewest runs in the National League, bottom five in OPS. That's not good enough. It's certainly in that division, where we think that at some point the Mets will turn it around, and the Phillies, you imagine, will start to get it going now that they kind of are getting their full complement back. Though there's no way the Marlins are better than either of those teams. I don't think so either. I think they've been uh bolstered by some one-run victories. I'm going to get it up right here. We talked about that oh, on yeah. the show before. Yeah. Yes. Aren't they undefeated in one-run games? 12 and 0. That would be undefeated. Yeah, that's Hey, not... look. You can do that. Didn't the Orioles do that when they went on their run uh, to start, or was that the Mariners? One of those two teams was so good in one-run games that mm. kept it up to the entire season, and and things like that happen. But 29th and run scored ain't going to get it done. So you're right. Offensively, they have to do something. Um, but I'm not counting them out whatsoever, C-Rosie. I, I can't. No, but I just I, – I, I don't feel like come September they're ever going to be within two or three games. Five or six, Yes. And once I once again, if that's your definition of a wild card contender, then I'll agree with you. I just don't I need to feel as though like, boy, every night they're right into this thing instead of kind of a half lap behind. But we'll see. Pitching can do wonders for you. Speaking of close shaves, I want to tell you a little bit about Harry's. They mm. make shaving so easy. They consistently give you better razors than in-store options at a very, very affordable price. In fact, you can get a quality shave without the hassle with a $3 Harry's trial set. I'm going to repeat that. Three bucks. The starter set is actually a $13 value for just three bucks. So you're saving. Yesterday, my math was terrible. Ten bucks. 
Nailed this one. So head on over to harrys.com slash today. This includes a five-blade German-engineered razor, weighted handle, foaming shaving gel, and travel cover. Plus, you can schedule replacement blade delivery whenever you need them. Refills as low as two bucks. There's no reason not to try Harry's. Now, right now, I got the beard working. Floof has got the beard working. My oldest son, Josh, who's 22, he's got very sensitive skin. He's never found a razor he likes until now. Michelle said, here, try this. Your dad got it. It's Harry's. He was like, I want that. And he took it with him to San Diego. And now he gets the refills sent to his place. So if it's good enough for Josh Rose, it's damn well good enough for you. It has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry. Save the hassle, set up your delivery, get the best quality shave with Harry's. That's a $13 starter set for three bucks at harrys.com slash today. That is harrys.com slash today for a $3 mm. starter set. Continue on. You more interested in Jose Abreu's triumphant return with the Astros to the south side of Chicago tonight or James Paxton's return to the MLB mound for the first time in 25 months as he makes his Boston Red Sox debut? You know that I love my Cuban ball players and I do love Jose Abreu, uh, but I'm definitely more interested in, in James Paxton's return. You know, I, I love when guys you know, go through something traumatic like that, having to get TJ working his way completely back. And now like no pressure, bro, but your offense is clicking and the starting pitching hasn't been good. Can you come help and solve that problem out for the Red Sox? Because the offense has been everything they could have imagined and probably more. Uh, And Mm -hmm. the pitching has kind of been what we expected. Just hasn't been really good. Now, are you going to rely on a guy and rely on a guy fresh off of TJ? Probably not, but, if you go back and look at this guy's track record, he's got a pretty dang good track record. It could be the spark that gets everything going. Um, I would love to imagine like Chris Sale, like kind of being dominant, James Paxton being dominant, two big old lefties throwing the ball at you. It seems like a good storyline for Boston. Uh, but besides that, I just, I'm happy for the guy that he's back doing what he's supposed to be doing, which is throwing the ball in the big leagues. Uh, Those rehabs can break you down mentally, physically, all that stuff. So, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, kind of how the start goes tonight, at least we'll give him one freebie, like just go enjoy the night, go do your thing. Totally. uh, And then we'll evaluate you after that. But uh, I'm excited to see his return and dude, Boston needs him. They do. They're they're going with a six man rotation that is not going to last forever. Um, so it, it'll be really interesting because their starters ERA is actually the second worst in the American League. So I think they're still trying to fish around and figure out what combination of five best works. So this couldn't happen uh, at a better time for James Paxton. Like it's almost like he gets an audition. How often are you out for two plus years? And you have a chance to come in and help a team right away. I mean, this isn't Justin Verlander returning from his injury, where we're talking about a guy who's got Cy Young pedigree and a future Hall of Famer. We're talking about a guy who is really hanging on. A good pitcher, good, solid pitcher. What are you shaking your head at? Looking at the statistics of their starting pitching, it's bad, C-Rosie. Oh, it is bad. It is. And it's amazing that they're playing as well as they are. That lineup is just smacking the ball all over the yard. You know, they got guys that are doing it. So they're just like, please piece it together to the bullpen. Please piece it together to the bullpen. Yeah. Hey, real quickly, I do want to mention Jose Abreu. Do you know how bad his numbers are? Yes. He is a 525 OPS 
He has yet to hit a homer this season. He has six doubles, and he's hitting 218. We both thought that when the Astros signed him, we were like, oh, my God, what a misplay by the White Sox and what a huge get for the Astros. He's been worse than Yuli Gurriel was during the regular season last year. Yeah, he's accumulated a negative .9 baseball reference war. It just hasn't happened for him as of late. And I don't. We'll see, man. A guy like that that can hit the ball the way he does, I expect him to to figure things out. You know, sometimes when you go to a new place, new division, you know, everything's a little bit different. It takes you some time. Um, you know, we're May twelfth now. Still three quarters of the baseball season left. Did we do the math right on that? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, roughly. Yep. Mm-hmm. I yep. hope he gets it. I hope he turns it around. I hope when Jose Altuve so. comes back, a little spark plug, everything happens. And I, I still fully believe in the Astros and, and even Jose Abreu, even though he's got off to this rough start. But it could be really interesting in the AL West. I mean, Nathan Avaldi, what, three straight starts of eight plus innings? Shout out. The ball. Rangers it's are, awesome. the Rangers are doing it. Yeah. They are. And the Angels are, are playing okay. And Seattle isn't going to go anywhere. So. There you go. Gosh, All right, dude, most his, interesting. Yeah. What? You can add. Abreu's baseball savant page is, is bad. It's bad. No, just it's just ice cold, horrible. all blue. Average exit velocity, yeah. 23rd percentile. Hard hit percentage, 31st oh. percentile. Yeah. It's tough. Most interesting weekend series we haven't talked about yet is. I think it is, and I had it up here. I think it's Toronto and Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, Good one. Just, just two teams who I think, you know, that's a obviously a potential World Series matchup. Uh, Toronto coming off a two-game, uh, getting swept by the Phillies. An errant throw by my guy, Bo Bichette, has the walk-off for the Phillies. But it's a chance to bounce back. Uh, I always like when the Braves play against good teams. They're such a dominant force that I just want them to be challenged at all times. I think they'll get that this series. and. Uh, also, very aesthetically pleasing for me. I like both these rosters. I like the uniforms. I like everything about this series. So I don't think we've talked about this one yet, and uh, I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, in part, the Jays have dropped seven of their last ten. The only three wins are against slumping Pittsburgh. Um, and it's it's really interesting because this is going to jumpstart a series. Out of their next five of their next six series are against teams that are either in first or second place. And that one series that doesn't qualify is against the Yankees, which we know is always a competitive series between Mm -hmm. those two. So Toronto's got to start picking it up a little bit. It's interesting. I think they have the fifth best record in the American League, but they're fourth place in their division, which is all that matters, right? If the playoffs started today, dun, 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 they wouldn't make it, which they don't. They don't start today. They don't. Was that the series you were going to talk about too? Um. I could have talked about that. There's one other one. Speaking of teams that got to kind of pick it up a little bit, I would say you're defending National League champion Philadelphia Phillies. They're at Coors Field. And one guy in particular, Bryce Harper, like who doesn't love hitting at Coors Field? He has his highest OPS as a visiting player at any National League park at Coors Field. He has his second highest batting average. So I am predicting that Harper goes deep at least twice this weekend. Has a really nice weekend overall. Uh, I'd like to see Schwarber kick it into high gear. His power numbers are fine, but, you know, his OPS is barely 700. And Trey Turner. You know, it felt like he left all of his mojo down in Miami, you know, where he was a stud for Team USA. And 
we thought, oh, my God, he's going to carry it back. Because, like, his first spring training at bad back with the Phillies in Clearwater, he went deep as well. We're like, yeah. oh, man. it's yeah. gonna. Go. But it's it's been a slow start for him. So maybe, you know, Coors Field can make you feel really good. Really good. And I hope that that happens for them because uh, baseball's better when they're involved as well. I, I think we'll see some really good pitching, Arizona Giant and San Francisco together. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's an intriguing matchup. We talked about uh, both those teams. I'm talking baseball today. I like it that um, that there aren't a lot of crappy teams. You know, there's a there's a couple. There's a couple. There's a couple. But even the teams that have gotten off to dog shit starts, like the White Sox and the Cardinals, I'm still not going to count them out entirely. Count the count the White Sox out, Chris. It's over. It's over. Really? Yeah. Done. Count them out. Yeah. I mean, anything meaningful. They did count lose a series in Kansas City. Yeah. Our guy Vinny Pasquantino, who's the only, by the way, who was the only guy that won a game for the White Sox there? Lucas. Just saying. He'll be gone. They're going to trade him away. Too many injuries. They're going to trade Lucas. It's it's too much to overcome. Too much underperformance. I I I'm I'm lumping them in with some of those teams that we're talking about. They're not on the A's level. There ain't nobody on the A's level, but uh they're not going to be competing for or a central division title, a playoff spot. It's just not going to happen. All right, before we get out of here for the weekend, it is time for our MLB nine innings question of the week. We want to thank everybody who sent them in. Some very creative ones. We appreciate it. Keep doing that as we continue to do this here on Baseball Today. Give you a question of the week. Our big winner is Tom. Tom is going to earn some Baseball Today swag. Tom, by simply mentioning your name, I'm sure you'll be extremely famous now and wealthy. Or at least we'll send you a t-shirt again. His question was, if you could bring back one former player, dead or alive, and put them on their former team, which player would you bring back that would have the biggest impact on their current squad? I, like I thought this about question. this. I do. I like this question. Great job, Tom. And there's like so many ways you could go about it. But I'm so in tune with the Twins right now that I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with them. We haven't mentioned them yet this episode. Don't get mad at me, people. Uh, and pretty much anybody offensively driven needs to come back for the twins. I thought about Harmon Killebrew first, and I was like, you know what, Kirloff's at first base. Let's let him do his thing. I thought about bringing Joe Mauer back at the catching position. That would be nice to have. But the twins need offense, and they had a guy named Byron Buxton in center field. He ain't gonna be playing center field this year. He's gonna be DH, and I don't know. I don't even know if this guy's gonna how much he's gonna see the field at all. So. Is between Kirby Puckett and Tory Hunter. I'm going Tory Hunter. Back in Whoa, center field. Over a Hall of Famer. I'm going, I'm going Tory Hunter for the reason. Oh. For the reason. All these guys on this twins team, they've seen Tory. Like he was a player when they were growing up. So there's just mm-hmm. so much like obviously they know who Kirby Puckett was. Okay. But when Tory came back in 2015, he totally changed everything for us. Like we all loved him so much and we knew what he did. It just meant something to see this guy work and to show up to the field every day and the passion that he brought. Plus what he could do offensively and play center field. I know Michael A. Taylor has been pretty dang good out there, but I'd love to have Byron Buxton, Carlos Correa and Tory Hunter all freaking setting the vibe in that clubhouse. Uh, they're doing everything they need to do 
uh, defensively and, uh, well, at least with fly balls uh, and pitching wise, they need a spark plug offensively. And I think Tory could do it. Hanging curveball. That's a Boy. gift from God. That's what he used to say all the time. I, uh, I'm a big uh, Tory Hunter fan when it comes to baseball. I thought he was awesome. Good dude. Known him a long time. Uh, to bypass Kirby Puckett. Okay, I just will, relax. I, let, I gave you my reason on. why. I understand it. I will let you slide in part because of your age. I saw Kirby Puckett's entire career. And, like, if you look at his overall numbers, they're not gaudy because he didn't play as – he didn't wow. have an 18-year career, okay? But when he was great, when he was at the top of his game for like seven or eight years, there were a few guys that were better in this sport, both sides of the baseball. Made a great catch in the 91 World Series against the Braves. Obviously. Hit the famous home run against Charlie yes. Lee Grant. We'll see, we'll see you see tomorrow, tomorrow night. night. Right, the whole bit. I mean, just an unbelievable ball player. Um, so that's that means something if you're putting Torrey Hunter in there. So I am wearing an Angels hat. You know where I'm going with this? Hold on, hold on. An Angels player to come back and be on their team. Is it uh, Francisco Rodriguez? It is not. K- that's a K-Rod, good one. I mean, not because... K-Rod. Yeah, K-Rod. Well, yeah, no, that's Francisco yeah, Rodriguez. I was right. I was right. Okay. Yeah, K-Rod. Um, yeah. Now, this guy did not start out as an Angel, and he played for three other teams. So he played for the Mets, he played for the Astros, he played for the Rangers, and did remarkable things at every stop. Won a ring with the Mets in 69, eventually got oh traded God. to the Angels. What? I'm not going to – I mean, I probably will know, but you're t- 69? Nolan Ryan, you heard of him? Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good oh, one. <laughs> okay. So now here's the reason. You put him and Otani at the top of a rotation. Good luck with that. Here's just some amazing numbers. Part of the reason, because I wanted to educate everybody. You know the name Nolan Ryan, more than 5,000 career strikeouts. But five times over a six-year span in in Anaheim, he struck out at least 329 batters. One year, he struck out 383 batters. Now, this is back when he was making 38 39 one year he had 41 starts it was a four-man rotation but still to be able to do that and the number of innings he was pouring out was ridiculous by the way the year he struck out 383 he also walked 162 hitters <laughs> so good luck with that but i just want to see him out there plus he was a badass he was a he was a mean mean man out on there on the mound this question could have went so many different ways. I mean, the Yankees oh, yeah. need some help offensively too. So let's put Babe Ruth on the team. Let's put Mickey Mantle on the team. I mean, he could go yeah. anywhere. You know, totally. That's so I like the fun, question. But hey, let us know. Comment right here. Yes. And let us know who will be for your teams. I know people are going to be like, I can't believe it. Dan wants prime A Rod. Get. No. Dan. Dan. You should have ignored him. Like I did last night in the Blitzball game. You did. That was funny. I was, hey, I was doing some shimmying out there. You I know, know you I was kind of feeling myself a little bit. I know. Go Shocker. watch that game if you haven't. 
if you haven't, and then get ready for Blitzball Battle 3 this Sunday at 6 o'clock. We'll all be in the chat on Mother's Day. I think Jimmy just said that he thinks Sunday's game will be the most talked about game in Blitzball history. Wow. You put that out there. I'm assuming this is a baggage game. Yeah, I've kind of lost track, you know. So uh, to me, it's like watching it for the first time again because you totally forget how the things go. I couldn't have okay. told you how yesterday's game ended. Same with me. I played it and I was like, I'm not really sure how this ended up. <laughs> but I knew I was, I was fucking dancing though. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. What's up, oh, T yeah, Nuts? I think I got uh what what are you saying about T Nuts? I'm just saying. I do, what's I up, do have guy? one other thing I wanna I wanna say to everybody. Oh my god, if I can find it here. There we go. I want to tell you about Bowman baseball. Mm. Right, Their history dates back to 1948 when the first Bowman baseball card set was released following the end of World War II. It became a favorite among contemporary collectors who focus on top prospects, offering the chance to have the first card of the next superstar. Well, Bowman baseball, it's an inclusive product designed for every type of collector from beginning, like me, to veterans like Booth. Offering top-rated prospects, rookies, veterans, Bowman baseball provides a fun and exciting product for everyone in the hobby Every year, there's new and exciting class of potential future Hall of Fame players. Well, they've released a bunch. Top prospects with their first Bowman cards here in 2023 include Drew Jones. Yeah, that's Andrew's kid, the number two overall pick by Arizona a year ago. Jacob Berry, who is making his way up the Miami Marlins organizational chart. Justin Crawford, Carl's kid, first rounder with the Phillies. And Spencer Jones, Bluff doesn't like it, but I will call him the left-handed Aaron Judge in the Yankees organization. So find the game's future stars in 2023 Bowman Baseball, available at your local hobby shops, retailers, and tops.com. Corey Hunter, career 807 OPS, a runners in scoring position. Twins need hits with runners in scoring position. A good one. Everybody have an amazing weekend, particularly all the moms that join us here on baseball today. Have a very, very wonderful Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all those special ladies in your life, Trevor Plouffe. Thank you. As to you. Thank you. And we are back at it again on Monday. So for our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and the always entertaining Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Monday on Baseball Today.